You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show. If you struggle with blogging and knowing how to get your blogs seen, read, or even know what the heck to blog about, we're about to come in hot with some tips for you. There are some major blogging mistakes that we see almost daily with entrepreneurs, and we're about to call them out. Not the people, but just the mistakes uh, that we've seen made, that we've made ourselves, and then supply you with some strategies and tools to master blogging once and for all. And here's the deal with blogging. It's one of the most powerful ways for people to learn from you, connect with you, and find you from a simple Google search, Pinterest search, et cetera. And the best part, it's free. I mean, nearly. All you really need is a website with a blog. But it's also one of the most underrated tools in marketing. A lot of people say, wait, do I even really need a blog? Is it even really worth it? And our answer to that is a resounding yes. However, it is a completely different ballgame than social media marketing. With social media, you're often in the short game, which means you're creating content to be consumed immediately with not much of a shelf life. With blogging, however, you're playing the long game. So the better you make your blogs now, the better they'll do for you in the future. So have I convinced you on how rad blogging is yet? If not, keep listening. Blogging is a great way to market in your biz, and we're about to help you correct the biggest mistakes that you might be making in your blog. Or if you haven't even started a blog yet, even better, listen to this episode to never make them in the first place. Hoorah, let's do this. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hello, welcome back to the show. I just kind of realized that kind of rhymes. Hello, welcome back to the show. And then then we're going to go. Jazz hands. (laughs) Okay, anyways, welcome back to the show. We are excited to dive into blogging and five mistakes you might be making that are causing your blogs to not be seen and or not be as useful. So let's get started straight on into the first one. Number one, using too many words. Look, Lindsay and I are wordy people. We We are are very wordy people. We like talking. We like writing. If you have been around for this podcast or any of our social media captions or anything with us, you know we like talking. However, and we have a lot to say, however— People's attention spans these days are short, 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 shorter than short. They're like about eight seconds short. long. Yeah. Shorter than a goldfish. <laughs> People, if they can't read something within the time that they'd be like waiting in line at Starbucks, for example, they'll most likely skip it altogether. So blog posts may be like a little bit longer than a line at Starbucks, but you want it for most blog posts to be something valuable, but not excessively wordy. So trim it down as much as possible so that you get to the point and serve your audience with valuable information without overwhelming them with a wall of text. And something else that you can do if you do have a decent amount of words, even if it's, you know, the, the right amount where people are able to read it, you know, in five to 10 minutes, like standing in line at Starbucks or, or whatever, you can break it up with like images or photos that help it seem more digestible. Break it up into bullet points and sections and photos and things 
so that those words, even though it might not be a ton of words, are still like separated so it doesn't feel like that wall of text. It's not just like a massive like article. And when you see that, you don't want to read it at all. Yeah. And even if you do have, even if you do have like sections of text, break it up into smaller paragraphs. Yeah. Well, there are certain situations. I will say there's this one person that I follow who posted a blog that was a very lengthy blog, but it was also very like juicy and it was about their experience and like a certain situation. And it was like super long. I, and it, it was even broken up into like parts, but the first part was what came out. And I was sitting in an airport, like with a massively delayed flight, like three hour delay flight. And I read through the whole thing. But even in that situation where I had like nothing else going on and all the time, I, yeah, all the time in the world, as I was like getting, I would say I was two thirds through the, the, the blog. And I was like, I genuinely, like, I, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. I ended up finishing it, but just an, a situation where like, I loved that person. The f- topic was fascinating to me. I wanted to know more. I had all the time in the world. I still considered not finishing it just because. Which I think is like our natural yes. attention spans, like being yep. like, I'm done, yep. I'm out. <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that out there. Even in that situation where like all the cards were stacked in favor of me finishing that blog post, I still almost did it. So yeah. just be aware, using too many words will just make your blog post tank time after time. Yeah. All right. Number two on five blogging mistakes you might be making. Number two is using too many or too little photos. So if you use too many, it slows down your load time like extra, uh, what was the word I'm trying to say? Extra, uh, astronomically? Exponentially. (laughs) What did you just say? I don't know. This is starting to become a running joke that I just can't talk (laughs) in words. I think you mean exponentially. I think that's what I mean too. All right. <laughs> um, so if you're uh, a business that is blogging lots of photos, like typically photographers or even wedding industry that are showing like lots of photos from a wedding day, um, usually you want to try to nip it shorter than bigger. I heard once that for a wedding blog, you don't want to have more than 60 photos, which yeah. at the time I was, sh- I was like posting like 200. So I was like, oh, yikes. <laughs> you um, like, uh, hard pill to swallow. What? Say that again. I miss her. Right. <laughs> right. But It's true. Like, you don't want your page to be, even the person with the fastest internet, like, it's not going to load. Like, if if there's one thing that's worse than people not having attention spans to read something that's already on the page, it's for sure as heck not waiting for a photo by photo to load. They are not sticking around. You have lost them. So, littler photos is typically the better. Um, We use JPEG Mini to help run photos through to make them compressed without losing the quality. So that's just a fun fact. But um, it also, if you don't have any photos, like Evie said in the first point, it doesn't help break up the text or add any connection points or relatability because people love visuals. And especially in this day and age, we love video, but video isn't really an option on blogs. Although it could be, you could link a video. But um, people just love visuals and not just text, especially with our short attention spans. Um, And it also, I think, helps paint a picture and create connection of what you're talking about. So whether it's a story about you and then you show a picture of you and your dog or you and your spouse or whoever, or if it's a picture of your clients, like show a picture of your client, or if it's a behind the scenes look at your process, or even if it's a tip for a client, like an educational tip, show still photos of your product or your service, because Mm -hmm. that way you're still drawing that connection point. Yeah. And if you do need to showcase more than like three to five photos, like something like that, where you're just inserting like three to four photos or something in a personal blog post or whatnot. If you're showcasing, like Lindsay was saying, you know, a wedding photo or a whole session or something like that where you're doing a, a good chunk of photos, 
you format them using like a program like Narrative to make them easy to view that are small files. So for example, Narrative will take basically collage like five photos into one file that is a smaller file that's you're actually seeing five photos, but it's technically one photo. And yeah. so it loads a ton faster. It's not bogged down, all of that. And it also makes it easier for the eye to navigate and to look through. So we really love narrative. We really love JPEG mini. Those are a couple things that you can use. Mm-hmm. But paying attention to how many or how little photos you're using can be a big mistake that people are making on their blogs. Mm, so good. All right, number three on five blogging mistakes you might be making. Number three is not using SEO to optimize your reach, which SEO is literally like 75% of why you blog. Yeah. (laughs) It's to get your website noticed on Google. It's to get your website up on Google, very easily searchable. Like you want to create blogs that people are searching for so that they can find you. Like that's just like social media marketing is one avenue of marketing, blogging, and, and utilizing SEO is a whole other avenue that if you're utilizing both of those, like you're unstoppable. Yeah, it's true. So if you are not utilizing your SEO, probably should change that. So some helpful things for you. Optimize any and all photos that you include in the post. So for example, name your image as something relevant that is being searched. For example, if your blog post is titled five Instagram content ideas you can use today, Try naming your photos in that blog post something like how to grow on Instagram or Instagram marketing coach or something like that where people are going to be able to actually like have that result on a Google search and or, I mean, we could talk about the Pinterest side of things as well, but uh, where it's going to be pulling up. And then we already talked about JPEG mini and making sure those images load fast that make sure those photos are optimized for that as well. I have to say something real fast just for people that are, listening to this, if you're not reading this podcast on the blog, um, when when Evie says like naming your photos, you have to name them in a way that Google will actually read them. So you have to put dashes in between every word. So when she mm-hmm. said name a photo, how to grow on Instagram, if the visual written out version of that would be how, dash, to, da- like so on. You yeah. get it. Um, because that's how Google reads photos. Um, and fun fact, this is just like an extra lovely tip for you today. You're just getting a juice. Um, Something that you can notice if you are a service-based business business provider in Dallas, say you're a florist in Dallas, try going onto Google and typing Dallas florist uh, or Dallas wedding florist or something like that. Think of something that like a bride or a groom would type in to Google to try to find a florist in Dallas. And then go to the images after you like type that in, go to images and then look at the photos that come up. And then I want you to like click one and save it to your computer. And then when you save it to your computer, you can actually see what that uh, file is called. And I can guarantee you anything, if it came up for that search, it's named something that has to do with Dallas Wedding Florist. Um, Which is why like, if you're something that, if you want to be found on Google, like that's a great way to name your photos, something that will Mm -hmm. already be being, or being searched for what you're trying to get found for which that's search engine optimization is what SEO means. So that's basically like optimizing your photos to be found on the search engine when people are typing in the same, like those those keywords or those words. That also goes perfectly into the next point. So optimize all of your photos within, you know, SEO optimization, but then also strategically within your post, use keywords that people will be searching for. So, you know, use keywords like as a Dallas you know, wedding florist, I've noticed that one of the biggest mistakes, you know, whatever, something like that, like strategically 
You still want it to flow and to sound natural and to sound like you and your brand voice, but also pay attention to using the keywords that people are going to be searching. So if people are like, how do I show up on Google? You, yes, you're going to have SEO in that blog post, of course, because that's how you say it. But you should maybe intentionally use that question mark of like, how do I show up on Google question mark? Like that can be one of the headers in your blog post because that's what people are going to be searching. And those keywords are going to pop up within that post. Yeah. The last thing I think with SEO and utilizing that to the fullest is titles are everything when it comes to blogging. Like titles Mm -hmm. are arguably one of the most important things when you're creating a blog. So choose them very wisely. Um, A tip that you, if if you want, (laughs) if you want, I'm going to give it to you anyway, (laughs) (laughs) is when you're thinking of an idea to blog about. So say you're a content creator and you're wanting to give a tip on like five TikTok ideas that you can try today. Try typing that into Google. And then you know how when, I think it's at the bottom of Google. I think if you like scroll down to the end of the page, it'll give you like suggested uh, versions of that. It's like basically variations. Yeah, it's variations of what people have typed in to try to find something similar to that. Pay attention to that. You can also do this on Pinterest as well. Um, But it it gives you ideas of what people are searching for with that similar topic. So that gives you like inspiration and ideas for what to actually name your blog post title. Um, Mm -hmm. Because again, you want it to be titled something that has a keyword in it, but then also is as close as possible to what somebody would actually be searching for. But also don't copy other people's blogs. Yes. (laughs) Titles. Yes, don't. But use it as a basis of what's working and what people are searching for. Yeah. So with that, though, let's give a really quick, like, wedding photography-specific tip because this is a mistake we see a lot of wedding photographers make. Do not name your blog posts of sessions or weddings or elopements or anything after the couple. You don't want it to just be like, Sarah and Joe. Like, nobody's searching for Sarah and Joe. Unless Sarah and Joe are famous, which in that case, I would say Sarah and Joe, or uh, 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 give me a Harry and Meghan Markle, or whatever. Maybe something like that. But even still, I would say, like, maybe add a little bit more spice that people might be searching for. Because Harry and, like, Meghan and Harry or whatever are not going to pop up if on your little blog posts with all the results that are going to be from, like, big news. Yes, exactly. But anyways, the point is, name your photography blogs after venues and or locations and or vibes, because that's what people are searching for. They're searching for venues. They're searching for like boho, outdoor, Zion, national park elopement or, you know, whatever. And you want your results to be popping up on that. And then you can also, if you want to, in that name, say something like, uh, you know, whatever, XYZ venue, uh, emotional wedding and then in like a subtitle or something you can say Sarah and Joe or whatever yeah. you want to whatever you want to do you can have their name in it but lead with the location yeah make sure you're leading with the location or the venue or the vibe um details that people are going to be searching for just for SEO searchability so well because if you put yourself in the position of a couple that's just gotten engaged what's the first thing they do they hire or they find a venue and a date like that's, or, or a location at a date if it's like an elopement. Yeah. But regardless, like that's almost always the first thing they do. So if you can, as a wedding vendor, catch them in the, in the process of, of finding that, which is why I also recommend if you're a photographer, even if you're a wedding vendor at all, I would always, always, always recommend having a blog post that's like, if you live in Seattle, do like top five or top 10, I don't care how many, uh, wedding venues in Seattle, Washington, yep. because yep. people are that they'll, 
people are searching that, you'll pop up and then they'll find your photography or your florists, your florists, your flowers, your <laughs> rings. I don't your care DJ. what you Yeah. Yeah. Did somebody say apparel? Yeah. Yeah, we did. This past year, we've been working on adding some beautiful, branded, comfy clothes to the heart shop, and the time, my friend, has finally come. We just launched an epic collection with custom designs created with you in mind. We've got t-shirts, crop tops, sweatshirts, mugs, hats, and more, all created with intentional designs you can rock in your everyday life. We intentionally designed these pieces to remind you of how capable you are, how loved you are, and that you can chase after your wildest dreams because you were made to do big things in this life. You were made to be a world changer, and now you have some cute apparel to remind you of those powerful truths. Now, Obvi, this is a podcast, and we can't show you how cute as heck these pieces are on the show. So run, don't walk to the heart shop to check out our brand new collection of apparel and more. You can head to www.theheartuniversity.com forward slash apparel to grab your favorite pieces today. Yep, it's true. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to move on from SEO. We're going to go into number four now of five blogging mistakes you might be making. Number four is you're only blogging your product or your service. We have a lot to say here, but I'm just going to let Lindsay take the take the reins. <clears throat> She's going to get past me, I promise. <laughs> I'm clearing my throat for my platform. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Basically, you want to create opportunity for potential clients or customers to connect with you and build no like, and trust factor before they ever even decide to book with you. So the biggest mistake we see people making, especially people in the photography industry, is only photographing, or sorry, only blogging like their photo work or even a product shop only blogging their products. Like, oh, hey, new product. Here it is. Like, yeah. that's it. And yep. it's like, okay, that's great. That's one aspect of why people would maybe want to book with you or buy your product. But wh- what other reason are you giving me to choose you over Sally down the street? Sally's shop down the street also has macrame plant holders. Yeah. Why you, Sally? What or makes whatever. you different? <laughs> yeah, what makes you different? Or... Using the photography example, there's a million other people that have work that look just like you. They might even be cheaper. Like your work might not do it enough for me. So why should I book you? And so a blog is a great way to utilize free marketing for other things other than just showcasing your work or what you sell. So share things like life updates. Uh, as again, as vulnerable or personable as you're willing to go, but whether that's personal trips, vacations, or experiences, family life, maybe it's your anniversary, do a blog on your, your five-year anniversary or, uh, your birth story. Like, again, you don't have to do that if that's, you don't want to cross that personal line, but something Mm -hmm. like that. You could even do like five things I learned. Like if you're a newborn photographer, five things I learned, you know, having my own newborn photos taken or like something like that. That's, you know, five things I learned in my first five years of marriage or whatever for those newlyweds who are searching for fun date night ideas. Like anything that adds your personal touch, but also is going to serve the people who are wanting to come and learn from you, connect with you and get, you know, ideas from you. Yeah, you could do behind the scenes a behind the scenes look into your business like hey the journey with your business like how i how i made six figures in 5 years or whatever your story is like yeah. share your story people love that people want to connect with that share yeah. your client stories and successes if you have a win from a client maybe you're a business coach and you have a raving review and a testimony of how you completely changed their life share that blog yeah. that like don't just use it as a review like if you have their story share yeah. the story of working with them and then include their review in the blog post All i literally this- i literally have to this day when i photographed you and Landon for the first time. Aww. If you dig in the di- in the depths, <laughs> I think if you type into Google Lindsay Roman uh, review that made me cry, 
I literally, Evie wrote me such a good review. I just made a blog post about it. Oh, <laughs> but that it was, was also a, a fire session. So it was not damn just, good. You got to I show off a good review and a great session. <laughs> And it's from the day we met. So everyone it just is, go look at that. It is from the day we met. It's also like Landon and I as babies in the beginning of our relationship, like years so ago. Cute. Cute. Baby Landon, baby Evie. <laughs> okay, I want to throw out there too, with the client stories and successes, all of this pretty much all applies to product-based businesses as well. But especially yeah. here, sharing like your customer's stories and like... With a product? Yeah, here's what, here's what I was struggling with in my life before I came across this. You know, here I... I was struggling to, you know, really enjoy decorating my home until I found this home decor shop or like whatever that looks like. Like you want to share that personal connection because you're trying to create like also a little community within your product-based business and and people who are going to also all connect and relate around this theme of the product that you're selling, like creating a home that, you know, is inviting and welcoming and is a place of relaxation and, and rest and all of that. If that's like your brand messaging, then share customer stories of people who've experienced that and what they've learned or what they've, you know, how your product has changed their lives. Like this isn't just service-based, like client stories or successes. This is also product-based. So yeah. just, just keeping in mind, if we ever say something along the lines of like photographer or service-based or, or coaching or whatever, like you can always think and like take it a step further and figure out how it converts to your business. Cause there's almost always a way that it would convert to your business model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some other ideas that you could blog are answering client questions or pain points. We talk about this a lot, but like answering questions that they might have. So yeah. uh, take a hairstylist, for example. You could do blogs on uh, different three different braid types that you could try this spring in 2021. Um, because again, that's things that people would be searching for. Yep. Or for uh, like a bridesmaid, be like best hairstyles for a bridesmaid that don't upstage the bride. Yeah. Or best bride, like bride hairstyles that, you know, uh, like show off your, your backless dress or something like that. P- things that your client is probably like, oh, okay, do I do up, half up, all up, all down, half down? Like people are going to have those pain points and you as the expert can be like, here, let me help yep. you. Let me explain why you might like an all up. Here's why you yeah. might like an all down. Like, or literally like a makeup like. artist. Do yeah. Even if you are just doing hair and makeup for brides or, or, or events like on their day or whatever, like you're just doing like consultation kind of like that. That's not what it's called. It's not called consultation, but like, Isn't like a luxury like experience. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a makeup artist that like serves like people on days, events, whatever. You get it. You could still do <laughs> blogs on like, hey, here's three mascaras that I recommend this year. Or here's yeah. uh, an everyday simple look that you could try at home. And then you could give steps yep. on how to do it in, in a blog. Like that could be something that goes viral or that gets you, like a lot of people would search it on Google and then, yep. or you could link it to TikTok. You could link it to Pinterest. Yep. You could link it to Instagram. And then people are finding you and you're like, okay, but I'm a local person serving like San Antonio. Maybe I'm a, a makeup artist in San Antonio. Well, that doesn't do anything. But if you're able to grow your following by just having viral content like that, people know people in San Antonio. Or yeah. like, it's going to grow and it's going to help your business regardless. The other, I just want to throw out another idea. As like a, a makeup artist, you could literally do something like how to tell your makeup artist that you don't like what they've done. And literally give them like ex- like like as like for an event or something, like if, if somebody doesn't like the makeup, here are some phrases and like 
verbiage that you can use to be like, hi, this is really beautiful, but I notice like it doesn't match with my skin tone or like, I don't feel like this accentuates my natural bone structure or whatever, like whatever that looks like. Cause that's probably like a big pain point for people is how to figure out how to say like, I don't like this. And you as the expert are probably able to be like, here are some things that you can say. Like, we want you to tell us if it doesn't look good because otherwise you're not going to be happy or like whatever. Just thought of that. So I wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) So I don't want anybody, if anybody listens to this episode and has gotten this far, I don't want to see again another blog that only has what you sell. We just gave you a shiz ton of ideas to go forth and blossom like butterflies. (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. (laughs) And I I just, I wanted to say that. But anyways, moving on to number five. Evie, you want to lay it out for the people? All right. The number five, the final blogging mistake you might be making is only sharing them once. I know it's very easy to feel like, well, I posted it, you know, to... Instagram, my stories, and I don't want to keep spamming people with this this blog post that I did. But the reality is everyone is not reading it in that one time that you post it. I think we forget that like just because we share something once doesn't mean that one, everyone's actually seeing it at that one time. And two, even if they are seeing it, that it's a good time for them to like read that blog post or go look at it or whatever. So sharing it repeatedly isn't annoying. I mean, I'm not saying like share it every single day for the rest of your life because that might be annoying, but it's most likely just reminding someone who saw it previously to read it now or getting it in front of people who didn't see it before. So yeah, some ways to encourage people to read it. You can not just, you don't have to share it in the same place in the same way at the same time. You can post it to Pinterest. You can link it to, you know, different email lists that you have going out. You can direct uh, people to that blog post when answering your questions on Instagram or in a podcast or in a direct email or, you know, whatever that looks like. Having a conversation with someone, be like, oh yeah, I have a blog post on that. I'll send that over to you so you can read it or whatnot. So be sure to kind of like utilize and repurpose that content because you don't want to put all that time and effort into creating that valuable content and then not actually utilizing it regularly and making the most of that expertise and that value that you're offering. Yes. I would also say create multiple um, like frames or or like posts to share it on. So what I mean mm-hmm. by is like on Pinterest, whether you're using like creating your graphics on Photoshop or Canva or you're using a template of some kind somewhere else, um, create multiple versions of the same blog post cover. So like if your cover was, what did I say earlier? Like five ideas that you can do on TikTok today. Yeah. Say you make a cover, like a, a Pinterest board cover or a Pinterest pin cover, and it says that with one design, do two more designs and either keep the title the same, but have it visually look different or switch up the title. Like um, TikTok ideas uh, that are easy. Something like that where it could still link to the same blog post, but it, it might hit someone a different way. So that way you can like almost diversify one blog post and and create different ways that like people would maybe resonate with that title and want to click on it. Um, yeah. You could still do the same thing for Instagram each time that you're sharing it. You can name it something different. You could do multiple graphics. That way whatever you are sharing, it's not like you're sharing the exact same graphic every time and you are giving them visual differences and visual interest, if that makes yes. sense. Yes, so good. Okay, let's go back through the five blogging mistakes you might be making and just run through them as a recap. So number one, you're using too many words. People's attention spans are way too short. 
they're not going to read all that wall of text. Number two, using either too many photos or too little photos. It'll either slow down your load time or it won't break up that wall of text for people to actually connect and relate and see the full picture of what you're trying to say. Number three, not using SEO to optimize your reach. And we dove all into optimizing photos, optimizing keywords, and optimizing your titles. And then number four is going to be you're only blogging your product or your service. It is so much more than just that product or that service. You can create so much more of a community and connection and know, like, and trust if you're creating creating content with more than just your product or your service. So please be doing that. We gave you a ton of lists and ideas of what to do with that. And the number five is only sharing those blog posts once. Repurpose them, reuse, share more than your one person is seeing it that one time. Somebody else is going to be needing to see it the next. They It'll relate to an email funnel that you have going on. People ask you a question on Instagram. You can directly link them to that blog post on podcasts all of the above. So make sure you're repurposing and sharing that work, that hard work more than once. Ooh, we just power punched that out. Ooh, man. Okay, <laughs> if, you loved, if you loved this episode, please screenshot it, tag it, uh, or tag us on Instagram, share it on your stories, and let us know what you got out of it. We love hearing feedback from you guys. So tag Evie at Evie Rupp, me at Mrs. Lindsay Roman, and at The Heart and our education company, this podcast at The Heart University. We love, love, love seeing feedback from the show. We love seeing what your favorite episodes are, what really resonated. That also helps us come up with new content ideas and new episodes that would resonate even more. If you have a topic that we haven't talked about or, or you you just haven't heard or you want to hear again on the show, like let us know. A great way to do that is on our Facebook group. All of these links are in the show notes, but we have a Facebook group for this Heart and Hustle podcast where we just pop in, we ask questions, we give you reminders when episodes go live or episode goes li- episodes go live. Not, uh, what am I trying to say? Episodes go out. Maybe yeah. go live could be yeah, accurate. Yeah, they go live. Sure. Go live. Um, and then also where we pull you for new episode topics in the future and just Q&A, When we do Q&A episodes, that's where we come to. So it's a great place to be. So if you guys want to hop in there, link is in the show notes. But we love you and we're cheering you on and we're in your corner. Yes, we will see you on the next episode.